What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Sorry to Interrupt. Hope everybody enjoyed their 4th of July holiday. Everybody stayed safe. We're back at it. Tom, buddy boy, what's going on? Shawnee boy, what's up, man? I miss you. I hope everything's going well. Miss you too, bro. Everything's good on my end. How about yourself? How was your 4th of July holiday? It was nice. Uh, no fingers were blown off during the fireworks and festivities. Um, there you social go. distance party attended. Drank a couple high noons. Um, nice. Had a good high time. noon is quality. Yeah, you know, I know Barstool's got the sponsorship, but hey, if they got some more sponsorship dollars to throw around, I'm already drinking it. Or if they just want to ship me free stuff, I'll give them a shout out. I mean, if they want to sponsor us, I'd be more than happy about that. Um, Absolutely. That's a quality product right there. There's one but thing that... Uh, what'd you say, buddy? I said, glad you enjoyed yourself. Absolutely. How about you? It was good, man. I was up in the Cape, uh, came on back, and got together with some friends again socially distanced the weather was nice so it didn't have to be uh too close to each other it was good got to see our president make a mockery of himself at mount rushmore on friday night so that was obviously always that's always a great time yeah i mean every seemingly every major landmark holiday for us he goes out and takes a big fat shit on it especially over the last two (laughs) years so I mean, he's just sticking to the plan here. I'm not surprised at all. Not surprised at all. And again, we're going to keep our promise to our listeners. Everybody go out there and vote in November, please. Yes, I beg of you. We can't continue to deal with this. Did you happen to see any of his uh, any of his speeches he made this weekend? I did not, and I'm not upset about it. But you told me you did. So if you want to just give us a brief little synopsis of it, um, I'm just going to start off the bat by saying I disagree with all of it. I don't even know what he said. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch all of any of them. Uh, I just saw snippets from the one he made at Mount Rushmore, and I saw he spent a few minutes bragging about how many of his own citizens he's locked up, to use his phrase, uh, for protesting statues. He um, used it as a complete divisiveness tech, you know, tactic that he so often does. Shocker. I didn't happen to hear what he saw on July 4th or what he did on July 4th. But he's followed the week up with um, asking for Bubba Wallace to apologize for the hoax of the noose that was uh, allegedly found in his garage. Turned out it wasn't, but he doesn't think that's good enough. He thinks Bubba Wallace should apologize to all the drivers. Um, that was met with, obviously, not not well received by the other drivers who support him. And he also took that as a stand to disagree with the banning of the Confederate flag. So as proud of is he seems to harken back to the confederacy so that's always great and then more in the news he is threatening to uh defund schools if they don't reopen by the fall semester because of covid19 pandemic and finally wants ice to deport the foreign students at the universities if their classes are moved fully online and mit and harvard have already sued him in the last 24 hours. So I hope that's a good enough rundown for you and everybody to hear to please go out and vote in November. Yes, sir. I believe there is some pretty good lawyers coming out of Harvard, so he's he's got a battle in front of him. Yeah, he's uh, he's been battling lawsuits for the better part of 40 years, so mm-hmm. let's hope, uh, let's no hope that this, this just keeps going. Epstein calls <laughs> No stranger to... <laughs> no stranger to court, exactly. So anyway, man, we got that out of the way. He said something Glad about the Confederate you... flag? Sheesh. Well, he just disagreed with the banning of it from NASCAR. 
So I mean, in my not opinion, only won... maybe this is because I grew up in New York or whatever, but I throw the Confederate flag right up there with a swastika. Oh, dude, it is. You know, I mean, I understand it's a, some people use it as a symbol of the South and whatever, but I mean, in my opinion, it symbolizes just hate and whatnot, and and I throw it right up there with that. I that's that's not wrong. I, it's right that you should. I mean, it symbolizes the oppression and enslavement of a large group of people, and the South will rise again is a very uh, disheartening slogan mostly because they lost the war and they threatened to disrupt uh, the United States of America. Uh, I don't understand what the confusion is, but, um, you know, we'll start to see some things taken down, I'm sure, in the coming months. Whether you agree with it or not, just make your make your decision after you actually study American history and don't just say that you're a proud patriot because the two are very different things. Absolutely, man. I think the proud patriots are the people who think everybody's created equal. That's basically, you know, four score, seven years ago, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think that, again, it's not a difficult conversation to have with somebody who knows basic U.S. history. So if you don't know that and you like to talk about how much you love this country, I'm sorry, you don't really get a right to. But anyway, that is what that is. I'm glad you enjoyed your holiday, my friend. So let's transition into one more social issue, but this time we're going to bridge into sports, and that is the naming or the rebranding and naming of the Washington football team. Have you been following this story at all? Slightly. I know they're getting a lot of jerseys pulled, and that's that's a lot of money. And jerseys, not just jerseys, but um, like merch in general, memorabilia in general. Yeah, apparel, everything, T-shirts, hoodies, on-field stuff. Uh, Nike pulled all the Washington Redskins stuff last week from their site, and obviously Nike is the official apparel uh, company of the NFL, on-field company of the NFL, and uh, it was just uh, stated today by an Amazon spokesperson that Amazon is pulling all Washington Redskins gear as well. This is obviously on the heels of FedEx, who owns the naming rights to that stadium. shit stadium that they play in. <laughs> yep. Uh, imploring Daniel Snyder to please rename the team. It's not that hard, I don't think. A couple minority owners are trying to get out of it. Just you as a businessman should know it's probably not the best time to do that. Get out of it when everything's high, not when you're selling low. But what do you think is going to come of this, man? This has to be coming soon, right? I mean, it really depends on if a lot of superstar players decide to sit. Um, I think this is a long time coming. I think there's a few teams that need their names changed. I mean, I'm a St. John's fan, right? They went from the Red Men to the Red Storm um, due to this. And I want to say that was back in like 2002. So we're talking nearly 20 years later and we're still dealing with this with the Redskins. And there's other teams, too. You look at the Washington Bullets got changed to the Wizards, and, and you can go up and down the list. I mean, I think this is the final the final one to fall. I think so, too. Uh, the Cleveland Indians have also made a statement in saying that they're evaluating everything about possibly changing their name. When you get into Native American culture named as professional sports teams, and I'm not going to go into the college um, standpoint of it because – there's just so much more that goes into the naming rights with those schools' mascots. But just speaking tr- from professional sports, the Chiefs is kind of an honorary thing, right? I think that's good. The Braves have gotten rid of the tomahawk or uh, the tomahawk thing, the tomahawk chop. 
the Indians obviously got rid of the Chief Wahoo logo, and they're just with the big, bold C now. Well, the Redskins the, I is think a, the literally... Point, I think the point Go here... Ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off, but to interrupt, I mean, of course. I think the point here <laughs> is, I mean, the rest of the teams that are named after Native Americans are are not really racist, I guess I would say. Like the Seminoles, that's just a tribe. That's Florida State, right? Um, yes. The Braves, like that's – isn't that just another – is that a tribe or is that just another – It's not a Brave. It's more of an homage to Native American culture. I mean, it's certainly not what I would call Chiefs, offensive, but again, my Chiefs decision is, isn't what matters. Of course. Chiefs is, like you said, honorable. Um, Indians is just a name. Um, but, I mean, the Redskins, that is just a racist term in general. Yeah, I mean, it's basically the – it's not basically. It is the equivalent to naming something like the Washington N-words or, you know, anything like that. Any, like, super super terrible word for, and I for think a the only reason why they've gotten, I think the only reason why they've gotten away with it for so long is the fact that there's not as many Native Americans as there are other – other people in general, and, and the fact that they don't have that much of a voice. Dude, you, you're hitting it exactly on the head. They don't have much of a voice, and there's not that many of them, and the ones that are there, you know, they really have to pick their battles. They've got a lot else going on that they have to worry about. I don't think that if they had their druthers, they would die on the hill of rebranding this football team, but you know what? That doesn't mean that it's any less than the other problems that they've experienced over the years and are currently dealing with now as a minority group. I mean, I think we all can recognize, whether you're Native American, whether you're African American, whether you're uh, Hispanic American, whether you're just white, freaking this is not an okay term to use. And just because it's been around since the 30s and they're one of the flagship organizations doesn't mean anything. It's time to, it's time to get rid of it and move on. All major teams that had um, questionable names have changed except them. It's 2020. I know it's been a crazy year, um, but, uh, yeah, I think we need to move on from that. And kudos to all the, uh, all the brands that are, that are following suit to what the public has been saying. So do you think this gets their name gets changed? Uh, they can rebrand. I saw that they want to keep the burgundy and gold colors probably in case they change their name they can still be able to ship merchandise out fast if the season starts do you see this name being changed before the 2020 season starts what's wrong with the burgundy and gold colors i think that's fine and i do think that they change their name because i think that schneider's gonna receive too much pressure and which side is goodell in the office on here well they've been on the side of imploring him to change but he's the owner of the team and mm-hmm. He doesn't have to. I guess that's really what it's been. But now, like you said, there's there's pressure because he's finally losing corporate sponsors and money and, and backing from minority owner group ownership groups. I think that's really what's going to do him in. Absolutely, and there'll be some uproar at the beginning. Um, people, you know, saying, "Oh, I'm not going to root for this team anymore." But you know what? We've it's can we not see the bullshit? If there's football on on Sunday, or the Redskins or the red whatever, as you want to call them, the red, the red storm, we'll call them right now, wanna, wanna, <laughs> are playing on Thanksgiving, you're going to watch them. So get the fuck out of here. And now you I got per- your kid's going to want to, your kid's going to want a, a Washington uh, shit faces um, jersey, you know? <laughs> well, dude, that's the funny thing. And I've got a perfect solution, Matt, I'm sure you'll agree with. 
Washington Warriors. Perfect ring to it. Warriors is obviously a name that's used generically in all of sports teams, sports team branding. It's You can use that as an homage to Native American history. It get, you can keep the colors. It gets the job done. Nice ring to it. Over and done with. Not a hard not a hard thing to do. Simple. It only to took your... you 30 seconds to say that, and that's that. <laughs> and that's that. Um, I hope you're right, and I do think the traction is, is going towards getting this thing. Now that the corporate sponsors are behind it and the, some big ones, I think it will. I don't see how it can't be. Uh, it's It, it really... I, I, we hold on too long, I think, as a society to history or to cultures just simply because that's all we've known. But that's such a stupid excuse. You know, it's like the shit that you hold on to in your house for, for all these years that really has no value other than you look at it and it triggers a certain sentimental value. Mm -hmm. But then you put it away again for another 20 years. That's what nicknames and mascots really are. You can change them fast. And I think the biggest problem with why this is looked at from our standpoint is why this isn't an easier decision to make dude this team's been a dumpster fire they play in a shit stadium they've been nothing but irrelevant since we've been football fans if you're gonna get rid of the name change and do away with all this shit now's the time to do it i absolutely agree with you and i think it's gonna happen there's some real momentum there but speaking of a former redskins player and also a former golden state warriors player you like that segue steven jackson and deshaun jackson made a boo-boo um a lot of anti-Semitic um, comments, and I just think that they're—I want to say—in the nicest way, undereducated on um, the history of—I don't know—Judaism. Maybe what do, what do you want to say here? <laughs> it literally, just you know, the Jewish people as a whole. Let's just I'm not go ahead out in. there and say—I I don't know if this is a hot take or not—but Jewish people since the beginning of time may be the most discriminated against people ever. So let's pump the brakes. And I'm not, it's not a competition. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, they were wrong and, and they both apologized and it was idiotic. That's all I have to say. Yeah. I don't have to add much more. I'm just disappointed in Steven Jackson. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, I don't really care what he has to say. No offense to him. But Steven Jackson has been really at the forefront of this Black Lives Matter movement since the passing of his friend, George Floyd. And he's really been somebody, I think, that's galvanized people, both black and white, both Republican and Democrat. He's done a great job speaking out about the social injustice that's gone on and tried to raise awareness by leading protests and the, and the rest. For him to jump on Deshaun Jackson's comments... It was just some just plain stupid and idiotic, and I think it hurts his credibility. Uh, I I really don't understand what the motive was there. I think it was kind of like what you said before, like it kind of this isn't a competition here. But you know, when you live in such a heightened society of racism and divisiveness, and you have the leader of the country pushing that agenda constantly down everybody's throat. You literally, what it seemed to be here was a competition from African Americans. And talking about how their lives have been harder than the Jewish people. And it's like, this is not what we should be talking about right now at all. So that's, that's kind of my piece on it. I mean, they say that uh, everybody's threshold of pain is different. Let's not start, let's not start comparing, uh, you know, racial wars here, whatever you want to call it. 
Yeah, I understand I, somebody's in pain, and that is what it is. I mean, you don't have to start saying, oh, ours was worse than yours, and turn it into a fucking competition. Both of them are terrible and, and should be eliminated from this earth, and, and that's that. Yeah, it's just been a uh, it's just been a really rough time for us to have to acknowledge that these are conversations that are happening in the public sphere from prominent figures. It just sucks. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to say on that, or are you ready to move on to talk about how sports are starting back up? Not at all, but there is one more thing I'd like to talk about in the NFL. Um you could probably guess it. Speaking of a Kansas City Chief, God damn it, I'm good at these segues. Patrick Mahomes. You are really on a roll today, man. Thank you. Really well done. Patrick Mahomes, 10-year contract, 500 and something million, which is obviously funny money because it's only about 140 million guaranteed. But, you know, the rest of that money is all bonus incentives and all that stuff. And I usually call bullshit on it because it's unachievable. But I actually think Patrick Mahomes could achieve all of those things. Oh, man. First of all, I am giving you props on the segue. I think our little layoff did you really well. You seem fresh and ready to go. Yes, sir. Um, Yeah, I I think that he's going to be able to achieve everything he wanted with this deal. He mentioned how he wanted not only the security of the 10-year deal, but also the flexibility of the team being able to consistently keep a good supporting cast around him and make them championship contenders every year. We saw Brady did that a lot. And I know people are looking at the figures, the 503 million and 150 of it guaranteed and whatever. You got to understand how cyclical the quarterback market is. There's a very good chance that when, by the time his contract is up at the age of 34, if they don't add another extension on there towards the latter years of this deal, dude, he's going to be looked at as underpaid because that's just how the quarterback market goes. Absolutely, man. I mean, that the quarterback market I feel like is more volatile than any other market because it just changes so often per player. Like what what now something I have to ask you before we move on because it just popped into my head. What is Dak yeah. Prescott thinking now? Oh yeah. I mean I think Dak's mind hasn't changed. He doesn't have the leverage that Mahomes has, that's for sure. Of course. But he's been on he's been on the He's been asking for the shorter-term deal with the most money guaranteed. Kind of like a Kirk Cousins deal was a few years back. Um, Because I think he wants to maximize his value more during the point of his career than something like locking him into a five- or six-year deal. I think he's probably thinking the same thing. The problem with the quarterback market is being as volatile as it is, as you mentioned. You know, you can't afford to have a backup quarterback. You just can't. I mean, Jared Goff, I think we can say, isn't worth that money. Just the money he's making, I think it's 150 or something. But you know what? If you ask the Rams, he is. Because what's their alternative? Blake Bortles? Like, it, it's simple as that. So Dak has all the leverage he has that he had before. I don't think anything changed. How about you? No, not at all. I, I don't think it really moved the needle. I just, all the experts are saying that, um, that he was waiting for this to happen just to see what the market was set at. But it's like, I guess if you're the next best quarterback up for a contract, you want to see what Mahomes gets. But Mahomes is much better than Dak Prescott, all due respect. No, I think you're totally right. I don't know how it changes anything. I don't know what those quote-unquote experts are talking about. Mm -hmm. If he was a former Super Bowl champion or if the Cowboys were knocking on the door of the Super Bowl, even though Will and some of the other fans, almost all of the fans, believe that they every year are, 
in reality, they're not. He's not... I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the number one player in the number one sport in the world. And I understand what soccer is, but not, not counting all those le- different leagues in the different parts of the world, just at the NFL being what it is as the mogul league that it is. Patrick Mahomes is undeniably the brand and will be for the next 10 to 15 years. Yep. Dak Prescott is a very good quarterback. You can't compare the two at all. Well, I agree with that completely, and that pretty much ends our NFL segment, I believe, right? Dude, you know that we are closer to the start of the season than we are removed from the draft? It's crazy, man. And they haven't come out with any plans or anything, but I think they're they're probably waiting to see um, how this bubble turns out, how MLB, how hockey turns out before they go about formulating a plan for themselves. Yeah, it seems like there's not going to be a preseason. I know the NFL mentioned they were going to knock it down to two. I expect that to be knocked down to zero soon. Uh, there's no way players are going to play meaningless preseason games, especially if there's no fans in the stands. Uh, there's no incentive for the league to have these games either. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So speaking of the NBA bubble, let's talk about it. Um couple players have tested positive. Um, I've listened to a few podcasts and whatnot. Apparently, there was 25 players as of a few days ago. That's what they released. Who knows if there's more? The most important thing to me is, have you seen the meals that they're getting? <laughs> I have. They look like... I ate um, so much better in college. Dude, they look, a like those, they look like those really crappy like boxed lunches that you get when you go on a field trip somewhere in like middle school yeah bro like i thought you were gonna say airplane and i was gonna disagree with you because i've gotten better meals than that on an airplane (laughs) no it literally reminded me of like when you go to like the aquarium in like sixth grade and you get box lunches from the pta that's literally what it looked like i mean and i looked at this shit and and i can't believe that some of these people in power don't think like this but the first thing I thought when I looked at it is, is LeBron James really going to put that in his body? <laughs> like, I are you same. fucking kidding me? This guy has, like, a traveling chef, a traveling chef for when his chef is on vacation, and then a traveling chef for when his traveling chef's chef is on vacation. Yeah, I don't think any of his chefs are making this shit. No, I, I, I understand, but at the same time, like, you think he's going to eat this shit? It, it, I don't. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, the like the memes were just flowing in, which was as expected. And, like, if people want to hire me to just say, like, like they could just hire me as the meme guy. Like, are they going to make a meme of this? Are they going to make fun of this? And I would have said, absolutely, you need to fix that. Like, every decision oh. that's made, if they want to say, like, is, there, is this going to be made fun of? I'm just going to analyze it and say, absolutely, I would make fun of this. Oh, dude, the content being generated on NBA Twitter, I'm sure, right now even without your expertise, has been uh, has been rolling along. I do have great news for you, though. Are you ready for this? Go. Bleacher Report came out and said that some players or some teams on designated days at designated times will have the ability to ride some rides in the parks. Oh. So there you go. Better than nothing, baby. We'll take it. Fuck yes. I believe six teams are already have already arrived at the at the uh, what do you want to call it the campus 
Um, yep. Including, I saw Donovan Mitchell was already there, as well as Rudy Gobert. So I guess they're they're feeling the antibodies. They're feeling strong. Um, obviously, the Orlando Magic went already, which I think it would be inexcusable if they didn't show up. Um, <laughs> the Miami Heat, uh, the Washington Wizards, Phoenix Suns, and those are the only ones I can remember off the top of my. Nah, head. my Brooklyn, my Brooklyn Nets are there too, bud. Is Kyrie down there? No, none of them are. So that was one thing that came out after we did our pod last week. DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Torian Prince all tested positive for COVID, and we're not going down. Oh, sheesh. They're not going. So well, they, may, they may make a later arrival, though. Because no, Nets... no. Jordan, Jordan said he's not playing, and Dinwiddie tried to uh, go down there, and he got tested again on Sunday night, and it came back positive. So he said he's not going down. But I got two names Things for you. Things can change. Things can change quickly, though. They can, but they've already said that they're not going, and the because league doesn't the want Nets, to continue the to Nets filter have, players in and out. There's eight games left, and I believe the Nets have a six-game lead where they that they'd have to lose to miss the playoffs. And yep. with the Washington Wizards not having Bradley Beal or John Wall, that's damn near impossible. Or Bertons. I, I, yes, and Bertons. I, would, I hope that happens with all my fucking heart. I hope you get crushed. But I don't think it will. Well, a couple things. Just to clear up, those guys aren't going. So they've already come out and said, and the reason that they can't change is because the Nets have already made three signings to make up for four of those guys. One of them was Justin Hamilton, who is a uh, who was on their G League team, the G League standout that they liked for a while. Yep. I'm not sure if you remember Jamal Crawford. Killer crossover has signed with the Nets. Hey, you had to replace you had to replace some of that Dinwiddie scoring, right? And Michael Beasley, your former friend with the Knicks, has signed a deal with the Nets. What's that Stephen A. So, Smith quote? Stay off the weed. Stay off the weed. <laughs> yeah, let's see if Just they can. Uh, Michael Beasley does have one of my favorite all-time quotes. Uh, I'm your favorite player's favorite player. <laughs> Because, like, everybody in the league loves them. So, hey, listen, they're going to be – they are going to make the playoffs because, like you said, the Wizards have no chance of catching them. It's just a matter of whether they're the 7 or the 8. And, hey, listen, you know what, at least it will be fun to get a little playground ball in with Beasley and Crawford. And Michael Robert. Beasley could always get a bucket in the league. I actually saw a video of him recently just destroying random people in pickup games, which I always think is hilarious when I watch it on um, House of Highlights or Bleacher Report or whatever, because it's like, bro, you were the number two overall pick in the fucking NBA. You've gotten multiple contracts, made so much money, and you're talking shit to a bunch of nobodies? Like, you're supposed <laughs> to do that. I know. It is funny. It's it, it, it reminds me of, like, when a top-wide receiver free agent is just burning, like, these weak-ass DBs in a hype video to watch how good his route running is. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, who actually cares but, about but this? But the one thing is, at the very least with the route running, you can see their route tree and how crisp it is. Because I bet you those scouts don't even pay attention to the DBs. They're just watching the player's footwork and stuff. But Beasley putting up fucking... What are you going to find from him crossing up, you know, Joe Schmo that that played Division Three basketball? What are you going to find from that? I guess maybe his jump shot form looks better. I don't know. He finishes good yeah, with contact. I think endurance is going to be the biggest thing. Can you get me 25 minutes tonight? You know, that's going to basically be it. 
I'm kind of happy though because I really didn't know what route they were going to go because I saw as I saw guys on the nest just dropping like flies and obviously first and foremost you hope they're okay but it just seemed like it was getting fucking ridiculous and I was like you know what I don't know who they're going to sign but just please don't let it be a couple of these random bums so to get Jamal Crawford in the league who could always fill it up and Michael Beasley back in the league Maybe they're fighting for 10th or 11th spots on next year's Nets team, but at least I can watch these eight games at minimum and be like, eh, that was kind of fun. Yeah, you know? absolutely, so, and Jamal Crawford still looks like he's 24. Oh, dude, I remember him with the Knicks. He was filthy. He was fun, but the Knicks wanted him to be an all-star two-guard, and he was not that. He was just, no. he's, he's he's a six-man, which is... He's he, a highlight reel. Yeah, he he's like... He's like uh, the microwave, Vinny Johnson. He just comes off the bench, gets you 20, and that's that. Um, yep. But with that being said, the one other thing I'll talk about with the bubble is there's another guy who I absolutely think if he is not worried about the safety thing for any other reason, he should get his ass to Orlando, and that's Dwight Howard. Mm. Because I don't know what the situation is because he's played more games than – He's played well over half of the games if he would get a ring. But this is by far and beyond, even more than I think when they went to the finals on the Orlando Magic in, what was that, 2008, 2000, 2009, excuse me, um, yep. when the Lakers beat them. I think this is by far his best chance to win a championship, and that may change his legacy completely, even though he's at a different point in his career. I always look at players a little bit differently when they have that ring. Like even Gary Payton. I know he got that ring on the Miami Heat on the back of end of his career, but he's a Hall of Famer and he's a champion. He is, and, and to make you feel a little bit better about that, he is going. Good. So um, he I've never been told Dwight's CNN. biggest fan, but CNN's reporting on this shit now. Don't they have other? Well, he to he, he he told CNN because the big deal about it was, bro. Remember, he was talking about not not playing because he was part of that Kyrie call mm. about how it was going to distract everybody from uh, from the Black Lives Matter. And We've the already protest. discussed that. Yeah. So he so he decided he he came out. I think it was Monday. And told CNN, I guess they had him on talking about everything more the social issues. He said he's going to go down there and play, and he thinks that it's a it's a good idea. So worry not, Dwight will have a chance at a chip. Dwight Howard as a political activist on CNN, twenty twenty is a fucking weird place, man. Dude, it really is. It really is. Um, but hey, let's just roll with it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the only thing 2020 has uh, and COVID has not been able to hold back is the heat in the Tri-State area in the fucking summer. I am dying. It's fucking hot as shit up here, man. Yeah. It really is. The humidity is terrible. Um, Least of our problems, right? Yeah, seriously. I think we'll be all right. Um, Moving on from the NBA, Tom, this is your segment. You texted me about it yesterday. You really, really, really want to talk golf, and I think there's a lot of good reasons to talk golf. First of all, let me just tee you up. You like that? There you go. Two victories for you in back-to-back weeks. When we recorded our last podcast, you said DJ was going to win the tournament he played in. He, in fact, did. And then you predicted DeChambeau would win very, very quickly, and he did that too. So the floor is yours, my friend. Talk about your prowess predicting golf and just everything you've been acknowledging over on the tour the last few weeks. 
All right, man. Uh, I guess we'll call this golf corner, or we can just call it fucking golf. I love golf. I am so much more into watching golf this year than I ever have been, and I don't think that's going to go away even if the world goes back to the way it was in 2019. I think I'm all in on golf now. Um, Soccer and golf were kind of neck and neck for the next sports I was going to become a fan of, but golf has won in a runaway. Um, I absolutely love watching it get a little nap in here and there. Um, I love it with the no fans. I love hearing the players' reactions. Um, and I just think it, it it really breaks down the game more. Um, but with that being said, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of call it a cheap prediction with the Dustin Johnson because he was already in second place, and I believe I predicted that on a Saturday. So the tournament tournament was already halfway over. DeChambeau I picked on a Friday because I saw he was in the mix, so that was a little bit tougher. But DeChambeau just went out, figured out his putter, and just dominated Detroit. Let me ask you a question. Could you see DeChambeau keeping this up? Because I've heard some some commentators talk about how his putter's never been his best attribute. And it don't mean shit how far you drive the ball if you can't consistently putt. Obviously, Tiger, at his best, could drive the ball as far as anybody, but you also knew he had his putter. Absolutely. Is this this the turning of the guard where we're going to see DeChambeau just go on a run and really dominate a sport or at least be in contention for dominating this sport for the next few years? Or... Do you have a couple more concerns about that? A couple more concerns, and that being, it's a scary thought, but his putter was really hot in this tournament. It, it was the reason why, honestly, since the golf, golf has come back from COVID and all the tournaments that he played in, including the tournament that Dustin Johnson won, the only reason why he didn't win was because his putter was terrible. Um, Johnson's wedges were, sorry, not Johnson. Dustin Johnson, by the way, big balls on 18 on Sunday just to hit an absolute bomb after he bogeyed the 17th to go and grab that win by the throat. Love that. But that's enough about DJ. DeChambeau, his wedges were terrible this week. And those are when he improves those because he's probably top five hardest workers on tour, I think the sky is the limit for this guy. Putter has been hot, and I know he practices that a lot. Um I think he can gain consistency with that, just being focused on it more and, and focusing a little bit less on his longer wedges, that being that he doesn't even really fucking need them anymore. Um, my thing is the wedge game, and the other thing is the wear and tear on the body, I think is the biggest reason why he won't be able to keep this up. You look at all of the long hitters in recent history, that being one Tiger Woods, two Dustin Johnson, three Jason Day, and four Brooks Kepka. all of them have suffered knee injuries that have taken multiple years to come back from, and it was all due to the amount of torque they were putting on their lower body with those big-ass hacks they were taking. Now, DeChambeau seems to have this follow-through kind of figured out. Maybe he's doing some counter-exercises with flexibility and whatnot to kind of hone some of that explosion, but how long does that knee hold up until he has an injury that sits him out for a year and then takes him another two to figure out his body and how he's going to come back? Well, that was going to be my question to you. How do because you feel when you about mentioned that? the guy puts on... Being well, the body it's interesting, expert. right? Well, it's just more... It's, it, for all the reasons you already said, you know, obviously the golf... The golf swing, golf to me is a lot like baseball as far as the way you want your body. You you want it, You got to have stamina. You want to be more lean, agile, mobile, and flexible 
then you want to be jacked, really, you know, because just because of how much you're on your feet and how long you're playing and in the conditions in which you're generally playing in the heat and whatever else, you want to be able to respond the next day and not have cranky shoulders and knees and hips and, and all that. But it seems like to me now some of these golfers are particularly in more so infatuated with not only bulking to, to put more yards on their drives, but also they seem to be much more willing to practice yoga or do flexibility, mobility stretches and keep themselves conditioned to be able to go through the rigors of, of the tour. So as long as he's keeping his body in check with corrective exercises and stretching and he went through his bulk period and now don't pick up any weights for a while, I think he'll be good. Tiger's biggest problem was he was doing straight up boot camp training during his time on tour and in between matches. You can't be doing that. So I'll be interested to see. That's why. Are you concerned because, you know, when you're, when your muscles are getting bigger, your, your tendons and all that other shit are staying the same size. Are you concerned with the, amount of torque that he's putting on those knees, especially his front left knee. Do you think well, you it's only a matter of time until it gives out with that added with that added weight, not only weight, but swing speed and hip rotation and all that stuff that gets him to drive the ball 400 yards instead of the 320 that he was hitting it at pre- in 2019? Oh, I absolutely am. It's the same where I look at certain baseball players. You know, when they get when they add 30, 20 to 30 pounds of muscle, I worry about their durability and being able to make plays in the field and run the bases properly. It's it's really no different than that. Obviously, the more weight you have on your body, the more muscle you have on your body, the more impact it's going to put on your joints. Uh, like I said, really, I as long as say, he takes care of himself, that's going to be the biggest thing. I have to say with him, though, it just looks like his frame was built to be a little bigger. He doesn't look like... He doesn't look weird. He doesn't, you know, there's certain guys when they bulk up like that, mostly steroid guys in baseball, that it just looks unnatural, you know, because their mm-hmm. frame wasn't built for that. Like a Barry Bonds, he had a very slender frame, right? And that big ass head on those shoulders and everything, it just looked weird. DeChambeau already had a pretty thick frame, so it doesn't, it, maybe his body will be able to handle it. Well, let me ask you this How old is DeChambeau? 26. Okay, so he's young enough where I think if that was his goal, I mean, he might go during the offseason on a one- to two-month bulking period where he's just lifting, but if he stays away from it during his time on the tour and during the season and just continues to work on his flexibility and mobility and corrective exercise to keep everything intact, I think he'll be okay, especially in the next 8 to 10 years. Now, once he hits late 30s, 40s, which is where we saw Tiger really start falling apart, mm-hmm. then it's a different story. But um, that that's really as, as, as much as I can appropriately comment on that. But I was interested to hear what you had to say, because I know you were, you were really talking about his game the last time we spoke. And for him to go out and win it that next week was really cool to see. Absolutely, and he was my favorite. Um, that's really an easy favorite to pick because he's favored in every tournament. Not going to win them all, but he he won that one. Um, the, like I said, the scary part is that the putter did get hot. He started really making some putts, but when you're hitting the ball that far and you're 90, 110 to, to 90 yards in and you basically have a pitching wedge, 
through a through a gap in a lob wedge. Those need to be tight for you to win consistently. And his wedges suck. And he's never been a great wedge player. When he figures that out, watch out because he may start what? running up wins. Let me ask you this: What part of Deschambeau's game do you worry more about his issue with consistency? His wedge game and his mid game, or his putting? His wedge game, just because he's never been a very special or even good wedge player, it's always been his weakest part. His putter, it's not like Tiger's putter where, I mean, nobody's putter is like Tiger's putter, but when Tiger lines up for a 10-foot putt for birdie, it's fucking in every single time. DeChambeau, he's hot, he's cold. Sometimes if, if he's if he's sinking putts, you watch him on the leaderboard. But again, if he can chip a ball, you know, five yards to the hole instead of 14, that putt's going to be a hell of a lot easier, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, one more thing that just popped into my head. I'm hoping you can shoot some wood onto this because it's something that I think could be interesting. He's known as a guy who's constantly tinkering with his game, right? Whether it be him using analytics and basically an engineering background to, to figure out his putter and, and just his putting overall. Now adding... 40 pounds of muscle onto his body to see how that'll be trying to eliminate his middle game as much as he possibly can. Do you see all of this constant tinkering being a detriment to him going forward? Because he's never going to have that consistency as far as he knows how to attack the course. That's an interesting question. Um, Honestly, I don't know right now. It seems to be really working for him, right? But I think you can take that tinkering a little too far to where you don't have enough repetitions in and you just completely screw up your swing. And golf is, you know, I would say it's probably about 90% mental when it comes to these things, when it comes to swing path and positive swing thoughts and putting and all that good stuff and getting down on yourself. And if he just throws himself completely out of whack, you could see him missing cuts for two years straight. Yeah, that's kind of my question with him. Just here going based off of everything that you, you mentioned last time we spoke because I feel like it's all about consistency on the golf course, right? And if you're constantly changing things up, you know, it's not like a baseball player who goes through a, a one for 40 and is working on his swing and all that. This is this is something that's going to stick with you for a while once it, once it works. So I was kind of interested to hear what you had to say about that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. Um, but I think... He's more, in my opinion, trying to simplify the game than anything else. Hit it as far as I can, wedge it in, and then put it in the fucking hole. So that's why I don't think it'll be a detriment. I think the, the tour is so fascinating with the kind of players on it, man. I mean, it's the personalities and the way that they've taken their games to the next level sounds just really cool to hear you chop it up because this is not your father's PGA Tour. Absolutely. All right, so let's talk about this week. Bryson is not playing, so obviously I can't pick him as a favorite. That would be pretty dumb. Um, But I have four guys. (laughs) I'm thinking every week from now on I may go with a foursome, an ode to uh, amateur golf. You usually play in a foursome. Um, So I'm going to pick four guys that I like. So this week is the Workday Charity Open. It's played at Mirfield Village as well as the Memorial um, open, which is played next week. First time, I believe I told you in about 30 years that they've, uh, that they've had the same tournament or sorry, the same course in back-to-back weeks. 
um, which I think is pretty interesting. Now, there are going to be some differences, um, of course. They, the fairways are going to be cut to three to three and a half inches as opposed to four to four and a half inches this week. So this week obviously favors the long hitters a little bit more. And the green difficulty, I don't know what it's called, but it's only at an 11 as opposed to a 13, which it's going to be next week. So I think this tournament favors some long hitters a little bit more, maybe some more inconsistent putters. I think the putting gets a little more evened out this week. So I believe that um, you're going to have to favor some long hitters this week. The tournament has already teed off. They are playing three ball today. They are on... Um, they're on Thursday. There's a few guys that have already finished their 18, but I'll go ahead and give you my four if you don't mind doing that, and then we can talk about Tiger Please. and Memorial next weekend. All right, Please. so my numbers, my four favorites, starting with number four and working my way down to one, is no, this isn't looking good for me so far. Um, all right, so yeah, I have Max Homa. Um, he is from California, pretty decent golfer. I think he's most known for roasting people's swings on Twitter in a, in a somewhat of a playful way. It's actually pretty <laughs> funny. Um, but with that being said, he is, he's got a few wins on tour. His putter has been ice fucking cold lately. But again, with this with this putting difficulty a little bit easier this week, he can he's definitely been pretty good with the driver recently in fairways and regulation. I think he can make some noise. He is currently through nine holes and he's at even par. Another guy who um, they retested for COVID. They called it a false positive um and he decided to come back last week with no practice rounds and ended up finishing 12th in the um what is it what was it called the um the fucking rocket mortgage challenge that is cameron champ he's minus two tied for 31st through 12 holes he finished 12th last week with no practice rounds and missing the cut the week before when he was favored at the travelers open he looks to be heating up also a long hitter another guy who can really hit the ball deep hit the ball straight and i think he can take advantage of those easier greens my number two guy who is tied for third right now he has finished his round he is currently minus five this guy's a long hitter the driver has been extremely hot for him lately a little bit inconsistent with his putting but with these shorter with these greens that are a minus 11 difficulty as opposed to a 13 or whatever this rating is it's a little closer to how he remembers it in japan hideki matsuyama keep an eye on him i think he may be the one to win this aside from my favorite because he's already not looking too good so hideki matsuyama keep an eye on that and my favor going into this tournament he tore it up when he came back last week and only played Sunday in Detroit and that was Brooks Kepka. talk about a guy that can hit it long a rival a hated fierce rival of Bryson DeChambeau this guy was looking great before his brother and his caddy got COVID and he had to pull out of the travelers and three quarters of the of the um sorry I got a call there of the uh, Detroit tournament but I think he can hit it long. And not to mention, if he doesn't finish six or better in this tournament, 
it is going to be really difficult for him to compete for that $15 million in the FedEx Cup playoffs. So I know he's got his eyes on the prize, especially with a lighter field this week going into uh, the Memorial next weekend where it's going to be a much tougher field. So Brooks Kepka is my favorite. I love it. Well, you know I love Brooks. He's, aside from Tiger, my favorite player on tour. Um, he's just fun as hell. I mean, he is, that 2018. He has finished the up around at plus two. He, all right. That's, you know, but I again, remember that he could go, he could go minus he 11 just, tomorrow and get himself right back into the mix. Sure. And we also know how well he plays, you know, when the pressure's on. I mean, that 2018 season he had was, was something else. And Absolutely. you mentioned Tiger before. So and, uh, but I like to thing, hear your feel. The other thing about Brooks yeah, before we move on to Tiger is a lot of people say, oh, he only wakes up for the majors. And I get that. But he's won. That was kind of a 2017-18 Brooks Kepka. He's won a few smaller tournaments, by the way. Not to, And also, I think everybody's waking up for all these tournaments because they, were, they weren't playing golf for four months, right? That's kind of my thought. It's, I feel like a lot of these players are going to treat every single – Every single tournament like it's a major. Absolutely. And a lot of these, the, this tournament has some big names in it. DeChambeau isn't playing in it because he because he needed a break. He played in every single one before that. And he's going to come right back and play the Memorial next week. Tiger's laying low because Tiger's a little bit older. But the rest of these guys that are younger, you're getting huge names in all these tournaments that would never show up. Which I think it's is exciting cool. for. It's exciting for a golf fan, right? Because you get to see the best players almost every single week. And that's that's fun as hell. So, that's and speaking foursome. of fun players, I love your foursome. So you're going to make this a weekly thing, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a go, see what my foursome will be for the week. I mean, it's pretty simple. Golf starts on Thursday, finishes up on Sunday. Um, as long as we can get a pot in before Thursday or, or just as they tee off on Thursday, I'm enjoying it, and I li- I'd like to see how I finish up this week. If all of my guys can finish, first of all, if all of my guys can make the cut on Saturday, but if all of my guys can finish within the top 20, I'll be happy. I just want to see if you can go three for three, man. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that'd be awesome, too. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a pretty nice run you put together. So, Tiger, he's back at Memorial next weekend. That's exciting. This is the first time we're seeing him since his – uh, match with Phil, Peyton, and uh, and Brady, right? Yeah, I don't really take anything away from that. I think Tiger was just having fun out there. The new, older, wiser Tiger has a little bit more fun on the golf course. Isn't as much of a... Doesn't really have that killer instinct that he used to all the time. He can turn it on and off. He's developed somewhat of a switch. Um, this is first time Tiger in real competition. I'm excited to see what his game looks like. I don't think he'll be part of my foursome next week just because it's his first round back. I may throw him in as my fourth just for fun. But I was just going to ask if you were going to throw him in your group next week. I'm interested to see how he's going to play and what he's been working on during COVID. It'll be fun. I mean, it's, it's always fun when Tiger plays. And just to see where his, what his body's like, where he's at, you know, in the frame of mind on the, on the course Thursday through Sunday. Um, Absolutely. I think if he could be if he, if he can be in the run entering Sunday, I think that's just a golf fan's dream. Hey, I'm sure DeChambeau is going to be back if him and DeChambeau are duking it out because he's the talk of golf, and golf needed DeChambeau. He's not the most liked player in the world, but I mean they needed something to talk about, and and he's taking all the all the mic space. Sport needs a villain. 
Absolutely. I agree with you. I mean, that's why Patrick Reed, I mean, he's a great player. Everybody hates him, but he, he gets a little, he gets a little love in here and there, even though everybody hates him just because you need to show the villain sometimes. And he's out there throwing darts as thus far too. It's, it's absolutely a fun time to be a fan of the tour. Like I said before, the personalities are great. The way these guys are trying to refine their games and really take golf to the next level. The you still got some of the old guard with Tiger and Phil. The one uh, thing it, I'd fun. like to see is this year for Ricky Fowler to step up to the plate, move up to the next tier of golfers, and win a major. I've been waiting on that for a while, man. <laughs> Haven't we all? It's just uh, probably the best wedge I mean, player on tour, one of the best putters on tour, but he seems to never be able to figure it out when it comes to Sundays. One of the hard things when you're a golf fan, because I think you know the sports obviously at its best when it has a dominant player. You know, when it was Tiger at his peak, or when you had obviously Nicholas and and on down the line, we kept waiting for that next one, right? We thought Rory was going to be it, and Kepka's had his moments, and Fowler has never won a major, but he's he's talked well, about Jordan highly. Spieth too, who's become an absolute. Was, I love the guy, but he's become an absolute head case. Well, he exactly, yeah. I mean, he was the next one, right? He was only twenty three years old or something, and he was kicking ass, and now he, he's nowhere to be found. I think Rory became a little bit of a head case too. Oh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, but we don't know who the next guy is going to be. I can tell you one thing, though. There's never going to be another Tiger Woods, especially from, you know, 1999 through 2007. There will never be another Tiger. No, the run he went on for 20 years. I mean, winning his first Masters in 97. Uh, It's a run that we're probably never going to see again, and not just to mention what he did for bringing the sport to its new age, you know, being a highly touted African-American and just well, the bombing is, the ball all over the place and, growing, and, being, and having that intimidation factor too, which was just, you know, sick. You know, Tiger Wars red on Sundays, it was over. Growing the sport of golf is, uh, is different now because I think, and golf has become a little bit cooler. I think golf needs to become cool. You know, I, I saw a tweet somewhere from, from somebody in golf, and they said that uh, Bryson DeChambeau isn't going to grow the game or any of these pros. It's guys like Schoolboy Q who plays a shit ton of golf, like a rapper or something. Someone in the culture is going to have to have yeah, or to Steph raise the profile. or something. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I, it's, or, it's in or a you good see place, Mike actually. Trout and Cody Bellinger going to top golf and just hitting absolute fucking cock shots. Yeah, I mean, obviously you got Romo dominating the Pro-Ams and being about as good of an amateur golfer as you can possibly be. Steph's in an amateur tournament. I think it's the ACC tournament this weekend. I'm going to keep an eye on that as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there's one of those events this weekend. So, yeah, no, I think this team sucks, right? Yeah, he doesn't have to worry about going to Orlando. That's for damn sure. I'm just, uh, I I think just, I'm much more, obviously, I'm less of a golf fan as you are, obviously, but... I still appreciate it and respect where it's at. I think as far as the major sports are concerned, I think golf is in a really good place. Oh yeah. Couldn't agree more. I think golf is, uh, right there with soccer on baseball's tail. I, I definitely think baseball's going to watch out. I mean, shit, man, you already got your NYCFC scar from about a couple months ago. So you're just waiting for that, for that, uh, for that domino to fall so you can move on to soccer. <laughs> nah, man, you know I still love baseball. It was my first love. We're going to talk about it right now. Um, but Another great segue. Look at you. I'm fucking killing it today. 
But you are. With that being said, let's talk about baseball summer camp. Tanaka took a line drive. My girlfriend actually told me this because I was driving. She said, "Oh, Tanaka got hit in the head um, during uh, during a game simulation." And I said, "You know, I just really hope that it wasn't Stanton." Judge or Torres, like maybe they brought up Torres and the bats and the ball off the bat was at like seventy six miles an hour. Nope, of course it was Stanton. Yeah, one hundred and twelve off the bat. Um, <laughs> fucking scary as shit. You saw Stanton go right into the crouch as he did it, and obviously he knows it all too well. After him taking a ball to the fucking like teeth. five or six years ago, or the eye, yeah, actually, yeah, his yeah. teeth, dude. I mean, his whole fucking. Uh, jaw was was shattered up but this is uh this was obviously a really scary sight on the 4th of july and thank fucking god that he's okay he's gone through concussion protocol and he's doing some light exercising but he's at the ballpark seems to be doing all right um whether he makes the his first start of the season in a couple weeks really doesn't even matter the fact that he's okay yeah uh, is really the biggest thing because that could have been about as bad of a situation as you could get to and of course right like you know Summer camp and baseball hasn't started yet until there's a Yankee injury. We got it pretty fast. Absolutely. He got that, and then it was followed up by finding out that DJ LeMahieu, of course he's on my fantasy baseball team, and Luis Sessa are COVID positive. Yeah, so they're going to be away from the team for a little bit longer. Um, you know, the Yankees are equipped to, obviously you don't want to lose DJ. I mean, Sessa's a little lesser piece, but you hope he's okay. DJ, you, you want to get him back as soon as possible, but the Yankees are equipped to at least deal with a week or two without him. Weather the storm. And exactly. They'll weather the storm. They're opening the season in D.C., which will be fun. Cole versus Scherzer. I don't know if you've been watching any of the uh, inter-squad games. Absolutely. Uh, yes, but those – oh, dude, I, I am not apologetic at all. I, I was talking to a couple people like right? Are you really watching the Yanks at like seven, like, like a real game? Like you're goddamn right, I am. I haven't no, had dude, like, real sports what else without a predetermined do? outcome. Exactly. Like this is the first time I'm watching these guys play where I don't know the score of a game or give a shit about anything other than watching these guys gear up for a season. Like I'm absolutely this is watch TV. So no sorry, not sorry. Now Cole <laughs> Cole was blowing smoke. He he was blowing everything by everybody except for the hitting machine. Andahar himself took him deep. Anahar took him deep, and it was funny, man. It was kind of like 2020 baseball. Uh, Cole struck the previous batter out, and he got the ball back. Uh, but in 2020, you can't do that, so you have to throw it back. And uh, he got a new ball, and he probably gave up a home run and wasn't all that happy with it. But, hey, you're going to have to deal with it. That's, that's baseball in 2020. Absolutely. You're going to have to get over that. I'm sure he'll be fine. I'm sure he'll be all right, too. And i, I got to say, I know the pitchers are far ahead of the hitters now at this point in the game, and that's to be expected because the pitchers could keep throwing during this pandemic. Hitters really didn't get a chance to face a lot of pitching. No, only Jones. Exactly. Clark Schmidt, who's in the running for maybe that fifth starter spot, uh, especially if Tanaka has to miss a turn or two. Uh, he was their first-round pick in 2017, he's immediately had filthy. Tommy John. He looked fucking insane, and I mean, he's a guy who – Fastball's got a lot of pop to it, and that what does he throw? Does he throw a curveball or he a throws slider? Two, he throws two different breaking balls. He throws more of like a twelve-six that he'll throw ahead in the count, and then he'll throw more of that wipeout slider. To I mean, the slider lateral movement on that thing—it's going all over the place, and the tilt on that twelve-six. I mean, he's snapping that thing off. 
And the most and important the thing to me is he's hitting his spots and he's not throwing straight fastballs at all. They got a lot of movement. A lot of movement, man, and his mount presence and confidence is great, too. He thinks he belongs, and that, that bodes well. He's just another great arm the Yankees have. Michael King pitched the other night. He's another prospect they've been really high on. And uh, tonight, I think it's Montgomery against Debbie Garcia, so we get to see Garcia. Obviously, Montgomery's a lock for the rotation. So it's just fun, man. You know, we are exactly two weeks away from opening night, and as long as things go well, I know there have been some snags with a couple of teams with the testing, you know, Major League Baseball's blamed it on the 4th of July weekend and all that. And I think, obviously, I'm not going to totally buy them. I think they got to get their shit together with this testing. And I think they will. And uh, you're going to have some players drop out. Felix Hernandez dropped out. Um, Freddie Freeman of the Braves has it and probably won't be playing for a while because he was feeling symptoms like fever. And then Nick Marcakis dropped out, too. So you're going to see some teams pretty depleted. David Price mentioned he will not be participating in this season. But um, Three Braves overall, Yeah. Well, Felix, I mean, Fre- Freeman, and Marcakis. Three big parts of that team. Yep, yep, absolutely. And I think this is just going to be par for the course for the next couple weeks and even through the season, especially as teams start to realize that they don't have playoff hopes. They're going to mm-hmm. start dropping out. But until then, man, I'm just so fucking excited to get it back. And the teams that are in the mix for a championship run, like the Yanks, like the Rays, like the Dodgers, like the Nationals, it, those teams are going to have most of their guys play. And I just can't wait for it. It's going to be fun. Two weeks, man. Can't believe it. Absolutely. And you know what? For those teams that drop out, that's cool because I'm just going to scout all their prospects and pick them up as keepers in my fantasy baseball league. I think that's a really good point. What you need to do is you really need to study these teams' 60-player pools and make sure you know who's going to be at their AAA camps and ready to go if they get a call-up. Yep, absolutely, man. Definitely going to be dipping into that when the season, uh, when we get about a week closer. Um, and we're going to have to do a preview, man. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I'm, I'm ready to go when you are. Uh, like I said, we're 14 days away from opening day, so we don't have too much time. So maybe do a little bit of homework in the coming days and, and get to it. Yeah, I say we do it about a week out, see, see who, who else the, uh, the dropouts will be. Uh, the, some big ones may affect our picks. But with that being said, yeah, it'll be coming within the next week and a half. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, we can't wait too long. And then uh, my buddy, uh, he's got – uh, some stuff he's got to do up until opening day, and then he's going to pop on and, and give a lot of baseball insight and kind of nerd out on baseball like Frenchie nerded out on the NFL draft, so that'll be fun. Awesome, man. You got anything else going on? Any shows you're watching, anything like that? No. No. Uh, I no. have watched a couple of movies that I haven't seen in a while. Uh, I've been a little bit on a Tarantino binge, so I watched – Django a couple weeks ago and then watching Glorious Bastards last week. Nice. Not a huge movie guy, but you know, those are classics. You got to watch those. Other than that, time has just been going by. I've been a little busier with work, with some of the, uh, you know, pandemic, not concerns, that's not fair, but you know, just certain things a little less crazy now than they were a few months ago up here. Uh, being able to put a little bit more time on that. So I've been a little bit more busy. But how about yourself? Um, yeah, I've been busy, but in in the in the in the in betweens, I'm playing golf, obviously. But besides that, and watching golf, uh, started watching Homeland on Hulu. 
Um, nice. Originally a Showtime show, pretty good. Still watching Billions, uh, same main actor as in Homeland, or one of them. Um, I forgot his name, the red-headed guy who's Axe in, uh, Axe in Billions. Um, Game of Thrones, haven't watched it in fucking months. Um, Thrones porn. Thrones porn. A few other shows that I watch here and there. I did listen to a good podcast that I knocked out in a few days. It is called Gangster Capitalism. I listened to the first season, and that was about the uh, the college admissions scandal thing with uh, was it Lori oh, Loughlin, yeah, her daughter, and then somebody else. I listened to a whole thing about that. So I'm Aunt all, Becky's going away, man. Yeah, well, she was a dumbass for not taking a plea. Um, she deserves it. Serves her <laughs> right. Um, now the second season, which I just finished up is actually on the NRA, and they are in a world of trouble. Um, absolute shit show over there. I'm not surprised. Uh, I'm going to have to start giving this a listen. Um, gangster, I've been on my podcast. Gangster Capitalism. Gangster Capitalism. Yes. Would I'm all in. recommend. I'm all in. Uh, I've been on a pretty decent podcast binge myself. You ask me what I'm doing, that's more or less what I'm doing. More, you know, just keeping away from the TV until sports is back. And uh, have you listened to, um, you know, Joe Buck and uh, Oliver Hudson have a podcast called Daddy Issues? It's actually fucking hilarious. And they've had some goddamn great guests. They have some really good guests. Uh, Adam Sandler was on this week. They've had Bill Simmons. They've had A-Rod. They've had um, Joel McHale. They've had... um, They've had a lot of really interesting, a lot of interesting guests, and they're Daddy pretty good issues? together. Daddy issues. It's huh. mostly about like just their deal with, you know, being kind of scarred from childhood. Like Oliver Hudson's father, you know, left him when they were young, and then he, uh, his mom remarried to Kurt Russell, and obviously, you know, being brothers with Kate. And then Joe Buck living in his father's shadow and having all the things that we've ragged on him, obviously, as sports fans. So that one's pretty good. Mm. Uh, the Ringer put out the Bakari Sellers podcast, and that one's been really interesting. Um, so I, I implore people to give that a listen if you want to get a lot of interesting news notes and just hear a lot about uh, African-American culture and, you know, really how... This whole Black Lives Movement is going, how to be educated on that and hear it from the perspective of an incredibly intelligent and uh, and, and really successful African-American um, who's been on CNN. I think he, he's a constant panelist, Bakari Sellers. So he's had some good guests on, too. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's that's taken up a lot of my content time. Awesome, man. Last thing, new Pop Smoke album out. Banger. Yeah. Do you know who Pop Smoke is? I do. R.I.P. I have not. Um, but I may, That's why I kind of was wondering, like... I may open that up That kind of took uh, me by surprise. I may open up the podcast with one or two of his uh, with songs in the, in the up-and-coming ones. Um, yeah, he's dead, That but, took me a lot by surprise that you just said that. Oh, dude, I told you I listened to everything, didn't I? No, no, no. The fact that an album came out. Oh, yeah. I mean, this shit was obviously recorded. Uh, 50 Cent produced it. This shit was recorded... Previous, I mean, all these artists that unfortunately pass away, they've got a few things in the tank. Mac Miller's album came out earlier in 2020. I mean, XXX had a few things come out. I'm sure there's a few more songs by, um, what the fuck's his name? Juice World. You know, all these guys that passed away, there's some things left in the tank. There are, but you still don't usually expect to hear 
their album drop, you know, when you go through your, when you hear new albums coming out, you know, so that's why I kind of well, all the proceeds are going that, to his mother, which is nice. Awesome. Yeah, there's one good, there's the best song on there is a song with uh, Rowdy Rebel, part of the GS9 squad. Not that I support gangs. Obviously, they're part, they're associated with the Crips. Um, I'm just going to leave that at that. But uh, he's well associated with Bobby Shmurda. I don't know if you remember him. Um, no, I don't. He's made that song, uh, you know, about a week ago or whatever. Um, yeah, he's in jail for a long time. Conspiracy. Um, but with mm. that being said, yeah, uh, Roddy Rebel put down a verse from prison that I may have to, uh, over the phone, that I may have to put up. I, I don't think you could Shit, spit man, like this guy it. over the phone. I, I say you fucking go for it. I mean, I... <laughs> If you can do that, you know that's a true talent. I got to get your impression real fast. Kanye 2020. Oh, my God. Listen, (laughs) I never like telling people to stick to something because I just think that that, that that's not fair. But I really think, one, I'm hoping it's not serious. I mean, the election's still a couple months away. He probably should have I think it's fucking serious, man. I I mean, I don't know if he can get the money for it, but I think he's going for it. He's a billionaire, man. On paper. Yeah, but it takes a lot more. I mean, he he's not going to put up all that himself. He's going to want to get funding, and he's going to want to get people back him up. It makes me disappointed because there's going to be idiots that go out there and vote for him that would have voted for Joe Biden and take away from that. And we may just end up with another with another four years of this motherfucker, you know? I, I, I'm like, and I'm a big Kanye fan, as you know. I know we played Power uh, a couple months ago to lead off one of our podcasts. I fucking love him. I think he's a musical genius. Obviously, he's had some mental issues, bipolar and all that. But shit, man, sticking lane is so fucking brilliant musically. And he's putting new music out, you know, pretty regularly. Not I to just, mention what he's done for the fashion world. I mean, you name somebody in high fashion, he's probably touched them in some way. Sure. I, I just I don't need to see you in politics. And it's not that I don't think you're intelligent. Just like politics is another game. Just yep. don't do it. <laughs> well, I mean, when they ask him about how he feels about his foreign policy, he says he hasn't developed a plan yet. He wants to focus on America, which is fair. But at the same time, <laughs> if you're becoming the president of the United States, I think you, need you to have don't a have a lot of time to policy. figure that out. <laughs> I mean, Trump's plan, if you just ask him, is just eh, fuck him. But that's obviously not good either. Um, True. And then I believe when somebody asked him about vaccines, clearly vaccines are a hot topic of lately. I think he called them the work of the devil or the juice of the devil or the potion of the devil. Uh, I'm not cool with that either. I believe in science. Yeah, that's good to hear. Uh, I'm out on that too. Um, Again, just keep making great music and keep crushing it in the fashion industry. And I don't really need you in politics, Kanye. Listen, I don't think anybody needs us in politics either, so there's no. I hope there's no offense there to him, but yeah, um, that's that's crazy. I think we're good there, right? On the same page, man. Thank God we are. I didn't think there would be any. I didn't think we'd make it. I don't think we'd make it to what 131 episodes if we weren't. 131, bro. We're at 161 oh, now. Excuse me, my man. Jesus Yo, you Christ. You shorten us 30 episodes here? My Come on. bad, my bad. I, I was just thinking of the last one I put up, what number it was, and I got it wrong. Uh, 160. Yeah, we're, 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 uh, 
we're making moves. We're 39 away from uh, 200, so let's keep going. Absolutely, man. All right, well, we'll be back next week. Uh, maybe a little MLB preview. Hopefully my golf picks um, go well for me. I'm looking okay. So far, so good. And uh, let's hope everybody stays healthy out there and uh, get out there and vote in November. It's right around the corner. The days are going by fast. Um, and stay safe. Stay safe, everybody. Be well. And, uh, Tom, good luck with your uh, with your golf horse and pick this week. Looking forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, buddy. Everybody have a good one. Take care, guys.